0: Thank you, Father Mike, and uh, when Father Mike is here, everything is good. Uh, I had a good week to think about exactly what I was going to say, and I thought, you know, maybe I could tell some of the uh, stories that sort of transpired over the years that uh, I was lucky enough to be part of. Uh, Starting in 1979... A lot of people don't know this, but one of the first trades the Edmonton Oilers ever made was we traded for Dave Semenko. Uh, We lost him in the expansion draft. Lou Niney and uh, Glenn made a deal and he's traded back to the Oilers. He was always proud to tell everyone, yeah, Gretz and I were protected when we went into the NHL. Um, So as kids go, Glenn built this team with a bunch of kids, some older players like Dave Dryden, Colin Campbell, uh, Lee Fogel and Bill Flett, Ace Bailey. We thought we were going to win this Stanley cup. We started one and six. The team was spiraling, and David was called in the office. And when you get called in the Glenn's office, that's not a good sign. David came out, and he said, I'm going to be going down to Wichita for two weeks. And I thought, oh, my gosh. So two weeks go by. He comes back, and he used to sit beside me in the stall, myself, Dave Lumley, Dave Semenko, Dave Hunter. And I said, Smenk, how was it down there? He said, oh, it was unreal. He said, I played the power play, I played penalty killing, regular shift, four on four, three on three. I was like, wow, it must have been a lot of fun. And I said, how's your team? He goes, we're 0 6. <laughs> so I said, well, what else transpired down there? And he said, you know, when I got there, they said, what number do you want to wear? He said, well, 27, they said, that's taken. So I'll take my junior number, it was 17. They said, well, that's taken. He goes, is 99 available? <laughs> so he wore number 99 in Wichita, 0 and 6. The year goes on, Ronnie Lowe had been injured. He was gonna be sent down to the minors for a week of conditioning. And it was upon him going to the Glenn's office to get all his instructions to go down to Wichita, Samank says, Ronnie, ask him if I can go down with you for a week. So Ronnie comes out. Slat said, Yeah, I'm sick of him. Take him for a week. <laughs> so he spent a week down there. But as the time went on, uh, they were always looking for this elusive left winger to play with Wayne Gretzky and Yuri Curry. And Samank used to sit there and kind of giggle about it. And I think one of the. Uh, Years that we won our first Stanley Cup, we went into New York on a road trip, and he got three goals on the island. He got three goals the next night against the New York Rangers. We went on to win the Stanley Cup. And the following October, September training camp, same old story, we got to find a left winger to play with Wayne Gretzky and Yuri Curry. And he was so proud of how well he had played in our first Stanley Cup because he didn't miss a shift. He beat Billy Smith and scored on him before I did in the finals, and he never let me live that down. Um, so as he's sitting there, they said, Samank, are you worried about somebody taking your position and playing left wing and Gretz and Curry? And he just looked up at them, and he said, you know, fellas, and it was Dick Chubay, Jim Matheson, Rod Phillips, and Terry Jones. And he said, you know, fellas, sooner or later, Glenn will come to his senses. <laughs> So he said, you know, I've done everything in my life in hockey, he said, I had four wishes. Three of them came true, and they were like, what are they? And he goes, I want to be NHL Player of the Week, and I got that. He said, I want to be on the cover of Hockey News, and he said, I got that. And he said, I want to lift the Stanley Cup, and we lifted the Stanley Cup, I got that. And the four of them, kind of leaning in towards him as he's sipping on his water, nice. And they said, what is the fourth one? He said, well, I never got the fourth one. And they said, what was it? He said, I wanted Slats to walk in the locker room after a big win and say, Gretz, mess, cough, some ink, take tomorrow off. (laughs) He said, I never got that one. So as time goes on, we won a couple Stanley Cups. We played in Winnipeg one night, and we always seemed to win in Winnipeg. We'd practice the next morning, practice like 10 o'clock, and we drive to the Winnipeg airport, we get in flight, fly back to Edmonton. And after practice, Glenn called myself, Kevin, and Mark into his office in Winnipeg and said, take some ink in the first class lounge. I've traded him. So we were all kind of shocked. He said, But don't say anything, I'll tell him when it's the right time. So as we're getting off the bus at the Winnipeg Airport, and in those days when we flew commercial, periodically we could go in the first class lounge. I said, Samantha, come on, let's go in the first-class lounge, have a little lunch, you and I, Mark, Kevin. And he looked at me, and he put his arm around me, and he said, okay, where did I get traded to? <laughs> so I said, I don't know, you got to talk to slats. So we're flying to Edmonton. Dick Chuby and Jim Matheson again said to him, well, what do you think about being traded? He said, well, the city's not going to riot like they did with Rocket Richard in the 50s. He got traded to Hartford, came back for his first game, As we were playing the game, typical Oilers, we were up 5-0 after halfway through the second period. There was black armbands all around the Coliseum with number 27 on them because people loved him so much. He got a breakaway on Grant Fear halfway through the second period. And you would think we were all playing on the Hartford Whalers, our whole bench stood up. (laughs) And when he missed, our whole bench kind of threw our arms and all were like, oh my gosh, Fierzy, how could you do that? So we got back to the locker room, and we're all like, Grant, how could you not let him score? And he goes, honestly, I opened my legs, and he hit me in the pad. (laughs) But as time went on, you know, things change uh, for everyone, and he was so excited about his new role as an ambassador with the Edmonton Oilers he would take me, I think he was more excited at the fact that during the games, before the games, him and I would have dinner before every playoff game, and the last thing I said to him was, see you game one against Nashville, and unfortunately that didn't happen. But we would walk around, and he used to get a kick out of the fact, we'd go, he'd say, Wayne, will you come to this corporate box, will you come to this suite, will you meet these people? Inevitably, they'd always say, uh, David, uh, can we get a picture with you? And Wayne, you can get in it too. <laughs> He always thought that was funny, but he meant more to our career than anyone. He was such a positive influence on our entire team, not only on the ice, but off the ice. I always tell people he's like Santa Claus. Parents couldn't wait to meet him. Parents couldn't wait to get a picture taken of him, and kids were scared to death. <laughs> but we'll miss him. I can see them now sitting up in heaven, and I know there's a game of hockey up there. Toe Blake's coaching. He's sitting there on the bench, and who's ever playing left-wing with John Bellevone, and Gordie Howe, and the media, Milt Donald and Frank Orr, the great writers of the past, are looking at him saying, Dave, do you ever think you'll get on that line? And he's saying, the good Lord one day will come to his senses. <laughs>